afternoon and welcome to the First Day Show. We're brought to you by Greg Cooper, Lisa Phillips, real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Realty. If you missed our conversation, Kylan will post that as well as all of the conversations we have. The entire show she'll post at WIBC.com and just look for the First Day tab. Uh, Crossroads Collective at Compass Realty and again, CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com to check your value of your home. Go to HoosierHomeValues2023.com. It's free. I'm Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith. Morning, hey. girlfriend. Good morning. Kylan Talley is here today producing the show as always. Good morning. Go ahead and follow us on Facebook as well. First day with Terry Stacy. See today's beautiful sunrise and follow along with our posts. Week one of high school football is in the books. And joining us, ladies and gentlemen, it's Coach Bob Lovell. He Yay! is here. Longtime host of Indiana <laughs> Sports Talk. Heard all over the state. How are you, Bobbo? I'm great, Terry, Denny, Kai. Thank you so much for having me. Kylan loves working with you on the show. She j- and as well as all of the young people we've ever talked to that have worked with you, Bob. <laughs> they all a- and learn from you, and it's just incredible. I asked Denny a bit ago. Denny guessed how many years he's been doing it. Uh, I'm guessing 37 or 36 or 37. How many is it, Coach? <laughs> It's only 30, but it just seems like that, Jenny. Hey, you were always so kind to me. You were the upperclassman. I think you're a little bit older than I, but I remember coming in for my evening show, and I was nervous, as a, as you can imagine, and you just sort of settled down. I mean, you were doing it every night. He was doing Indiana Sports Talk, and he just cool, calm, and collected, and, and uh, settled me down a little bit. You probably don't even remember that, Coach. No, I really don't. I just know that I've, I've been a big fan uh, of you and, and what you've done in your professional life, and especially on the radio, I, I think you, you know, it's no wonder people love listening to you because they understand sincerity and uh, genuine uh, feelings, and people figure that out when they listen to you for about ten seconds. Same thing with you know with Terry and and a lot of people are building. But you and Terry are two of my all-time favorites because <laughs> you're just so darn nice. You're nice to everybody. Does everybody and, know and that you're? A, does everybody know that you're an English teacher? Does anybody know that? Well, I don't think a lot of people do, but I, I, that's how I started my life, teaching ninth grade English at Center Grove Junior High. Gosh. You know, it's National Radio Day, and so we do. We're celebrating the invention of the radio, but I think your story of how you got started in radio is really, uh, with Network Indiana, I think is such a great story. Uh, 30 years ago, or 30-plus years ago, whenever when you right. did get started. and tell, Will you tell the story of how this all began for you? Well, if you if you're willing if you're wanting to go to sleep, yeah, I mean, this is like I a, like this uh, story. I think this is, this like is a, you know, come on, coach, like make it easy. Again. Tell the story. Yeah, it's a good one. It involves uh, Mike Pence. Well, it, it well yeah, Mike Pence. I mean, I had been uh, the basketball coach at Franklin College for uh, four years as the head coach, four years as an assistant. I, I went to school there, played there, was an English major, Denny, as a matter of fact, and so. Uh, I was able at the age of 26 to become the head coach in both basketball and baseball. Uh, did that uh, for four years, left, went to IUPUI and was there for 12 years as the basketball coach. And 10 of the years I was there was also the athletic director and had a, a tremendous experience in Indianapolis. Um, it's a very special, special school to me. Our daughter graduated. And so she was a cheerleader when I was coaching, and we did all that. Oh, so wow. while I'm doing that, my last two years, uh, our, our radio play-by-play guy is a young man that you both know and know well, and Scott Eaker, who just retired from UND <laughs> yeah, after running that program forever. And so 
he, he, you know, I come in at, at after ten years, just as IUPUI is. I've helped shepherd them into the NCAA and, and make the plans for Division One. And you know, I was smart enough to understand the vagaries of being a coach, and so I knew that my time would be up. Uh, and uh, it was I was having some health issues, uh, and I decided to literally step away from coaching for my own mental health and well-being, and informed the chancellor that I would be leaving. And uh, so Scott was with us for two years. And when I decided to step away and retire from coaching, he calls me with the words, literally the words that changed my life. He said, what are you going to do? And my response was, I don't have any clue. He said, I've got an idea for a radio show. And I think you'd be great as the host. And that's what started it. Oh my gosh. No, it's, it's that easy. And so, you know, he pitches (laughs) this idea to me that, you know, he is the news and sports director for an entity called Network Indiana, and that is a group of radio stations around the state of Indiana that uh, that take their news product and their wire service and distribute it to radio stations in small and different sized towns around the state. And he says, you know what, Coach, uh, on Friday and Saturday nights, these radio stations keep their doors open and make money because of their coverage of high school sports. And I want to do a, a, a statewide post-game show on Friday and Saturday nights and focus on high school football and basketball. And it was an easy answer for me. I don't have a job. And I said, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be great. And so uh, the idea was to, to go on from – we went for, for three hours back in the day, go from 9 to midnight and provide them with uh, additional um, inventory to sell to make money And uh, the idea at the time was to have people around the state, you went to a football game, we wanted you to call in and tell us about your favorite team and how it went and and how that all worked. And that was the original idea. Um, About a month into it, the problem became that uh, people were doing that, but they were calling us from bars, uh, calling us from establishments, uh, at which they'd become very, very uh, lubricated, so to speak. And these were these were calls that uh, quickly descended into I don't know what. And so we decided we decided that because I had guys who'd call me from bars and say, you know, hey, my my guys and I are going out tomorrow, we're going duck fishing, and you know it, it, those kinds of stories. And while those are fun stories, right? Um, I wanted to kind of focus on sports, and sure. so we yeah we made the decision to limit calls. So I don't take listener calls. Uh, I, I start, you know, con- coaches contact me, media people contact me, and um, that's how we got started. I mean, the idea was a great idea, provide information, provide scores. And think about this now. We went on the air in 1994. Uh, we did not have a computer. Uh, my studio producer had a whiteboard, and he would write the name oh of the my. coaches and people on the air, and he would wipe them oh off. And he was, he was as busy as he could be. And we started in August of 1994 on eight radio stations around the state. And when we went on the air for our second season, we had 16, excuse me, we had 24 radio stations with us in our second year. So uh, people like the idea. They like the concept. Um, I've always thought that the show is the star, not me. I mean, my name's on it, but but I, I fought that as long as I could. Um, the, 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 in the early days, quite frankly, and the, the star of the show were the scores. 
people would go to games, get in their cars, turn on their radio, and listen to hear scores around the state, which was kind of surprising because one of the arguments people had not to do this show was no one's going to care. So if you live in, uh, in Hobart, you're not going to. Yeah, you're not going to. Well, but Denny, at the time, you know, the the argument against it was if I live in Madison, Indiana, I don't care what Hobart does, and uh, we started to kind of change their mindset a little bit, going, well, yeah, you do, because you might end up playing that team for a state championship, and you'd like to know about it. And so, as we as we increase stations, you know, the audience just became uh, really, really big, and it, and it still is. I mean, we're on. I think 50, over 50 stations right now. And um, there's literally very, there are very few places in the state where you can go on Friday and Saturday night and not hear us. And so um, just, you know, one of those great ideas that once it got in practice and people became captivated by it, and this is where we are. That is Coach Bob Lovell, and uh, Indiana Sports Talk has begun because high school football week one is in the books. Bob, can you stick with us for just a minute? We need to take a quick quick break. That'd be awesome. All right, more with Coach Lovell when we return to the first day right here on 93 WIBC. Hey, good afternoon. I I spoke just as that fellow was singing. Bob's going to be mad. To do it. <laughs> hey, it is 82 degrees and uh, hazy sunshine in downtown Indianapolis. That warm air is working its way back here into Indianapolis and into the state. In fact, mostly sunny skies, but a high temperature of 90 degrees. So be careful out there today if you're out and about and running around, maybe headed to the state fair. This is the first day show. We're brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips. They're real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Realty. CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com. I'm Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith, Kyle and tally you mentioned that this first friday football night weekend of the season was this past weekend a lot of different things happening and you can hear indiana sports talk on network indiana affiliate stations talking about not only just friday night football but all sports around indiana you can hear it on network indiana affiliate stations but also here on 93 wibc on fridays 11 to midnight saturdays 10 to midnight and then all of of course, our sister station, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Coach Coach Bob Lovell yep. he is the host of Indiana Sports Talk. He's rejoining us, and this man is amazing. He, he We were talking last segment, and he mentioned what he calls the star of the show, the Network Indiana Updates personality. Now, to give you a little bit of background with Indiana Sports Talk, there is a rotating cast of people that he is constantly working with. I produced the show last night. There's many different producers that go through it, different updates people. One of my favorite things whenever I am working on Indiana Sports Talk is getting to see the behind the scenes with Coach and getting to hear his life experiences, his advice, all of it. So, Coach, what is one of your biggest pieces of advice for really just anyone when we're going through life? Going through life, it's yes. a life question. It is because well, he has an answer. He's got an answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the, the good thing for me, Kai, is that you know young people like you and, and Sam has worked on the show and, and others. And I mentioned this last night off the air. You know, the, all the people who have worked who work on it now, uh, none of them were born uh, be- before the show began, and so it allows me to wow. to connect so with amazing. younger people. It is true that it's younger true. people keep you alive and. You know, I, I relate a lot of this to my grandson. My grandson, Jackson, is 24. And, uh, I mean, the advice I have for him, the advice I have for you, 
is is relatively simple. Um, show up on time, act like you care, and be nice. I mean, amen. If you, follow, if you follow those things, I mean, if you're young and you're just getting started in your career, show up on time and show people that you value them and value their time. I, I mean, care and be passionate about what you're doing. And uh, I think all of us, every one of us, needs to be kind. Just be nice. It's not asking too much no. to be nice. Pretty simple. Think about all the problems we could solve if we just be nice to people. Wow. Yeah. Pretty Coach, good. Coach, you're older than Santa Claus, but you're really not that old. <laughs> I mean, you grew well, up in the '60s. Have kids changed since the '60s? No, I don't think I don't think people have changed, Denny. I, I think uh, I think parenting has changed. I think expectations have changed but you know what kids yeah, kids want to be loved they want to be appreciated they want to be challenged i think you know i mean i i was i continued to teach until a year ago at iupui and um no i, I didn't see any change they want you to stimulate them and i think the other part of it too denny uh, is you know this in your business and personal experiences people want you to tell them the truth they want you to be truthful Absolutely. They, they want to be able to look you in the eye and know that what you're telling them is the truth and that they can depend on you. And so I don't think those things have changed, and I don't, I don't think necessarily that, that people have changed that much, to be honest. It's Coach Bob Lovell, and he is uh, the longtime host of Indiana Sports Talk, talk uh, heard all over our state. And, you know, what are you looking forward to? I mean, it, it just started. Friday night, uh, Friday night football just what? began. And so what, what are you looking for or what are you excited about as you start the new season? Well, Terry, I think you get energized when you get young kids going out there uh, competing in sports and trying to do the best they can. I, I was, you know, I'm, one of, I'm the lucky guy. I'm, I'm the luckiest, not lucky. I'm the luckiest guy you know. I mean, I've been making a living in the sports business uh, for 50 years. And, you know, as a kid in Plainfield growing up, all I wanted to do was play ball. Didn't matter what. If there was a ball involved in it, I'll play. And that's, and that's what I did. And, uh, you know, my dreams were always to be involved. I wanted to be a coach, and I got a chance to do that. And, uh, you know, continue the dream. I get paid to talk about it now. And so – um, it's fun. It's it, you know when, when you do the show I do, and so when a coach calls me uh, on that night where he won his first game as a head coach, it's a it's the biggest <laughs> night of his life, right? Yeah. Well, I can relate to that because I, I spent I spent 22 years coaching college basketball, and so you know when that coach in Northern Indiana calls me after winning their first sectional game in the uh, football playoffs and i hear these it sounds to me like he's walking outside and, and and the weather's pretty bad and i asked him i said so tell me where are you right now coach he said i'm walking back to school and i said how long is that going to be and he said probably about six miles and i said you know the obvious question is why are you doing this he said i told my players that if we won this game we'd never beaten this team if we won I'd walk back to school. And so here he is on his walk back to school, (laughs) takes the time to call me and talk about the game and walking back. And I said, how far is the caravan? And he said, as far as the eye can see, there are cars behind me. And so how do you not get energized when you get a chance to get those kinds of phone calls on on Friday night? Now, let me take a a step back. I know you asked me about uh, about Vice President Pence. Oh yeah, Vice President. Yeah, Vice President Pence and I started our shows on Network Indiana in 1994. He got started in April, and I got started in August. And um, his was obviously a political show, and so 
uh, I would meet him in the studio at noon. His show was on from 9 until uh, noon. And then we would jump in his car and drive to, around the state and visit radio stations, program directors, general managers. You, you know this. We would have, back in the day, we had cassette tapes that we would drop off and we oh would give them God. information. Yeah, we didn't have computers. And so, you know, I would spend my day mailing tapes to, to get people to try and take the show. And we would make the in-person pitch. And then we would, you know, get back in the car and drive to the next station. It was fascinating because, you know, Mike's a politician. He had run for Congress. Uh, I'm a basketball coach, uh, and I'm a college basketball coach. And so recruiting is one of my important uh, the aspects of my jobs to recruit people. And Mike would say, Coach, you, you, you know, you just can't talk to these general managers like like you do. And I said, well, I'm not a politician, Mike. Uh, I said, I'm a coach. <laughs> You know, I would I'd remind him, I said, I look at this like I'm recruiting basketball players for my team. And I tell them, if you're not willing to come and, and play for us, then we're going to move on to the next one. And I would tell the, you know, the radio people, you don't want to take my show. I'm fine with it. Somebody else in your county will, and they'll, you'll have to compete against them. And so, you know, we wow. had differences of style back then. And, you know, we had great discussions. This was but before, you know, we had a long, long discussion about running for Congress. Uh, you know, he had already run and run unsuccessfully. And uh, I, I appreciated Mike's willingness to talk to me and trust me and respect me as a friend. We're friends to this day. Uh, and I, I appreciate that. Uh, but just being able to work with him and get to know him as a person, not a politician, not as somebody in, in public office, uh, that was fascinating. And one of our most prized possessions here at the house, Penny and I have a, a watercolor uh, picture, a watercolor painting of our house that Mike's wife, Karen, painted oh, for wow. us. Oh, wow. That's so It's amazing. One year. She's an incredible how you, artist. How do you not like people like that? Yeah, she's an amazing artist. She really is. And they've got a big oh, she's art. Tremendous. Yes, Absolutely they've got a, tremendous. an exhibit over at the Arts Building right now during the State Fair of all of her paintings. And uh, she is an incredible artist. Bob, we got to run, but we love having you with us. And um, and we're so glad you're starting another year uh, with Indiana Thank Sports you. Talk after almost 30 years. He's still going at it and he's just the best thanks for being a yep, real human absolutely being, Bobby. make You're sure the deal. make sure you tune in well, here him 11 to midnight on fridays 10 to midnight right here on 93 wibc hey bob we're glad you're well thanks so thanks. much for spending time thanks with us so much Terry, Denny, Kai, thank you very much. Have a See great you, rest of your day. He's so good. He Thanks, is. Bobo. It is at 1230. Tony Kennett will join us from Maui coming up after the break right here on 93 WIBC. Always stay humble and good afternoon. It's 1235. I'm Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith and Kylan Talley here, too. Well, the August 8th Maui disaster it now looks like it's killed at least 114 people. There are a lot more missing. Nearly 80%, I hear, of the scorched earth has been searched. Indiana Task Force 1, a part of that search now. 118 structure. That has to be more. 100, I bet it's 1,018 structures are destroyed, and the losses are estimated in the billions. Well, guess what, guys? Tony Kennett is there. Tony Kennett, of course, you all know him by now, an investigative columnist with the Daily Signal, and he's made his way there to Hawaii. It is just after 6.30 a.m. Tony, how are you? I'm well, guys. Thanks for uh, having me on the air this morning. I'm glad you're there, and I'm, I'm glad you're safe and sound there Where and got there. You know, Tony, that's a long flight to Hawaii. Did you see wildfires as you flew into Maui? 
No, ma'am, uh, did not. And actually, we've while we've been doing some different scouting in portions of the island here, we haven't seen any fires directly. We have seen smoke in some parts. Uh, but at this point, the fires, the, excuse me, the fires on the west side of Maui are mostly contained. Um, I would say that two-thirds, if not three-fourths of the rest of the island are totally normal. And uh, the, the people there are are begging for visitors. Uh, things are actually um, pretty normal. The locals have been phenomenal. I've, I've never seen a group of people rally um, behind their own Tony, like that's, I've seen here. Tony, that's a different story than what we're seeing on the national news. That's like a community come together, you know, cowboy up. Am I, am I reading you right? You're reading me exactly right, and that is the biggest thing. That's why we were we're, we're coming. Is uh, I don't know if you know you guys, uh, being parents, you understand. If you've ever heard your kids say something that just didn't quite sound right, so you went to double check it for yourself, yeah, and found a different situation. That's really what we found. Um, we were told the locals were going to be rude and unwelcoming, and they were all going to be yelling "Go home" and yeah. the opposite. The opposite, completely was true. And even people who had like keep tour like go home tourists, yeah signs out still we're like we're so glad that you're here um please tell others that like we really want people to go to other parts of maui just respect lahaina and just uh, uh, oh my goodness i can't even begin to tell you how much the the attitude and the dedication of these people has touched my heart i'm going to a church service at 9 30 here soon of a, a church that lost a lot of its congregation members excuse me and uh they're hosting uh, their service on uh, airport beach in lahaina uh, because they're not allowed back into their church, but they're running a, a ministry trying to identify homeless people in the community um, who are missing because no one's looking for them, and they can't DNA test a lot of those bodies that they find because they don't have family. Oh, my goodness. And that's just that's the average Maui attitude is that they are all in for helping. Um, every business has different kinds of local drives. We'll be doing a feature piece on that soon. Um I, I just have to say, as a Christian, I, I'm just convicted because I, I wish that my heart was like this far more often. It, 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 uh, I said this before, you guys know how much I love Indiana, but I mean, the way that the, the people of Maui are, are treating the situation, uh, I, I said kind of jokingly, it, it almost puts Hoosier hospitality to shame. Wow. So that's how dedicated they are at this moment. I'm glad you're getting to feel that. Maybe that's why you're there, you know, maybe that to, to feel that and to understand it and to, to change maybe a little bit, because we keep hearing about that aloha spirit uh, that, uh, so much over the last 12 days. And the, but, but then, as you said, we're also hearing here in the media that there's a lot of frustration there's anger we see the signs that say you know tourists go home but you're seeing just the opposite since you've been there and so that's i am yeah that's a that's a good um i mean i'm glad to understand and see what your perspective is that humanitarian side you're talking about um stories are you hearing lots of stories of heroism uh, yeah, I mean it's it's, it's goodness gracious. I, every individual that I talk to, I, I there are more people to talk to with more stories of heroism, of, of sacrifice than than I can count. Um, people are donating freely and not donating small things. I mean they're you know they are really donating all they have just to give a family that lost everything like one month in like a a condominium. Like it, it's it's incredible just to to talk to these people and to see them. I, I wish I had more hands so that I could write articles and record videos faster. Yeah. Um, the, 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 on the national guard and the relief teams as well, 
Um, like the guys on the ground, I mean, not not the brass. I haven't really seen hide or hair of them, but the guys on the ground have been phenomenal um, helping the community. And uh, it's, it's really encouraging to see Americans rallying behind each other like yeah. this. Tony, tell me about the utilities. Tell me where you're staying. Um, what part of Maui are, are, you know, north, south, east, or west? Where are you? Where was the devastation? And tell me about the utilities. Has everything been restored? Uh, the utilities outside of... Um, Lahaina have have been completely restored, at least from what I can see. And Lahaina is on the western tip of the island. Uh, the island is it. This is going to be a very crude way to suggest it's shaped, but it's kind of shaped like a sideways number eight. Mm, and Lahaina yeah. is on that western edge. And I know I'm doing a, a horrible job of describing it. We are in the middle in a place called Kihei, and uh, it is it, it's been really really nice. Um, the, the, the people here have been phenomenal. The local business owners, like I said, in this particular area are all, you know, pitching in. And I guess for those in Indiana, it, I guess the size of the Island just feels kind of like you glued Hancock and Henry County together. Yeah, That's about the size of this landmass. Wow. And, and I, I, it, that's just how it feels driving around. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful. Is this your first time to yeah. Hawaii, to Maui or to Hawaii in general? Yes, ma'am. Never have been to uh, Hawaii before at all. Um, And actually, to to be very open and transparent, never really had any desire to go to Hawaii when I want like a vacation. I'm more of a mountains kind of guy or a Great Lakes kind of guy. I had my honeymoon in Gatlinburg. Um, So, I mean, this has just been unreal. I mean, I found out I was coming to Maui on uh, Thursday morning and uh Wow. I mean, you know, book a flight in one day, pack, and then all of a sudden you're here was up for like, I think, 24 hours with all of the time changes. And I mean, the work on the ground is immediate. Yeah. Um, Gosh. Yeah. So I'm. <laughs> hey, Tony, you're an old science teacher. I was trying to look at this fire. When we start a fire, when we use a plumber's torch, we can get it up right. to 600 to 1600 degrees pretty quickly. But when we add oxygen to it, we can take it to 6000 degrees. Is that what happened because of the winds that came in? Uh, you're the science teacher. How did this fire get out of get out? Of yeah, like a firestorm. Yeah. Some of the pictures, like it was what actually happened, falling Tony? from the sky. So what you what ended up happening was you saw these wind gusts that got between sixty and ninety miles an hour because what's going on in the Pacific Ocean right now, as you have Tropical Storm Hillary engaging with other parts of the colder weather that's coming down from Russia and Alaska. And it's creating these like major surges that once they hit a landmass, the the wind shoots up the leeward side of the mountain and then charges down like a like a team of horses down the other side. And they egg those fires on with that rush of oxygen so quickly that you said, but also the right blend of nitrogen and also the the, the right blend of, of charges from the ionosphere which allows the fire to basically catch other things on fire more quickly. It's easier for outer portions of the flame to stay hotter rather than the inner portions of the flame only, which, I mean, I'm sure that you guys have experienced trying to light something on fire, and it, even though it was a flammable substance, it just took longer to light. Well, this is the opposite effect. And when you couple this with the, the sugar plantations that were cut down and dry, fallow land gave rise to tall grasses and weeds, this is the dry part of the year. It's dry every time this, this portion of the or it's dry every uh, summer, um, spring and summer in Hawaii. So coupled with all of that together, I mean, these fires, very, very hot, melted cars. Um, like I, I haven't seen since photos from Afghanistan. 
Um, and the melted aluminum as well, which is wild to get that hot to flash heat. Yeah. Um, big, huge chunks of like aluminum siding and roofing. That's 4,200 degrees. That's what that is. When you found out that you were going to Maui, right, Thursday morning, and you're here right now, what else is left on more or less your itinerary while you're there for this little bit more of time? What do you hope to get accomplished? Well, uh, we were in Lahaina a lot of time yesterday, and uh, one of the reasons that I came was to kind of a lot of officials shenanigans and i don't mean officials as in the cops on the ground i mean like brass people who were in charge of right sounding the alarms investigating that but the more i was here the more i found that while yes that's important and i am doing work on that there's other stories to be told and so i'm taking a look pretty soon with a lot of these old homes had a lot of lead paint and asbestos and so when they burn down, that's mixed in with the ash. So a lot of people in Lahaina are wearing masks, not because of COVID fears, but because they're terrified of basically encountering a triple rate carcinogen um, that's, that's in the air constantly. And uh, so we're going to investigate that. Like I said, we're going to a church service today. We're also meeting with uh, several farmers in the area whose water was cut off during the onset of the fires. Um and really just doing our best to make sure that we're making ourselves available for the people of Maui. President Biden is coming in tomorrow. We're yeah. going to cover that as best we could, depending on how they close off the island. Mm. Uh, really just trying to make ourselves available to the people. So it's a fluid schedule, but that's all, that's with intention. You know, I wondered, I was going to ask you that question about President Biden flying in. And I'm curious, I'm always curious if the citizens of a community that are dealing with such loss really care if the president, no matter who he is, comes for a visit. Do you have a feel for that as you move about the island? I do. We've asked a lot of questions, of course, because I I write for a political commentary organization and news service. And so, of course, that's one of the questions that we often ask when the moment's appropriate. You know, there was a... And that's a blue state. Hawaii is a blue state, right? Right, right. And there was a CNN journalist who got in trouble for basically going up and, and kind of harassing uh, people that were digging through their homes. We're not, I, the answer to me is not that important if, if you catch my drift, but I have at times when it was appropriate ask individuals how they felt. And the honest answer that 99% of the people have given me, I mean, I've gotten a ton of thumbs down. A lot of people don't want them coming here. A lot of people don't like the way the governor responded. That's very common after any natural disaster to be very fair. Um, but most people genuinely have not heard. They have been so busy with everything else. Right. They don't, they don't even know he's coming. They have no idea. And they don't, and you think you're right to say that they don't, they don't care. They have, there are other things on the mind. FEMA is denying people aid and care if they have any kind of insurance. Mm. And that's a huge mess. So there, there are just more prescient things, I think, on the mind than the, the president's I visit. But I, I mean, it could be wrong. I can only talk to so many people. Well, listen, hey, Tony, we're going to let you go. Uh, thank you. I, we appreciate this so much that you would take time for us this early morning uh, where you are in Maui and stay safe. And, um, you know, I, eyes open and everything that you're taking in and absorbing it, it, I'm sure will change your life a little bit. I'm sure. So thank you for doing this for us. Tony Kennett, uh, investigative columnist with The Daily Signal, but soon to be the Tony Kennett cast here on 93 WIBC just after Labor Day. And we're excited about that, too. Hey, Tony, thank Thank you, my friend. Thank you guys very much for having me on. You bet. It's 1248 and you're listening to The First Day on 93 WIBC. It is 1252. How are you all? 
It's a wonderful day, young lady. It is. My I, my uh, my tone is a little di- bit, bit different because of just talking to Tony Kennett from Maui. Just because it, it again, reminds you of... There are, but there the are those that are, right, and there are those that are, are suffering and... And just uh, just a tragedy, such a tragedy. And I've been to Lahaina a couple of times, and it's just such a beautiful, beautiful place. And as Tony mentioned, there is an aloha spirit there. And there, no matter, I mean, when I was there 10 years ago, the spirit of, of the people there that just welcome each and every person. And as Tony said, there are pe- they want you to come. They want you to still come and, and be a tourist in Maui because there are still some beautiful places that weren't scorched, and uh, and they need us. They need that tourism dollar right now. So Tony says, you know, come on if you've got a plan, keep coming. Uh, they'd love to have you. So good to hear from Tony Kennett and uh, prayers that he has a safe trip while he's there. His journey. Uh, I'm Terry Stacy along with Denny Smith. Kylan Talley is here. Normally we Kylan brings food. I don't. She's got her back to me. It's usually food news. Do you want to do food news? Or do you want me to? What are I'm you doing? I'm always hungry really? when I leave this place. I mean, oh, we've got time. To. There's not much time, but you could do well, food we'll news. we'll do it. You've got some. Here we go. <laughs> you calm down Here we there. go. Lift our spirits for a minute with a little, a little food. All right. So for your food news today. Yay. Last little bit. I do want to say a little free food news alert. Taco Tuesday, you can get free Doritos Locos Tacos at Taco Bell every Tuesday until September 5th. You just walk into the store Uh, and you get a free taco. What about the app? You have to have an app, I'll betcha. Nope. (gasps) No app necessary. I didn't know that part. No purchase necessary. You can get them online or through the app. Right. But you can just also walk in and... On Taco it. Tuesday. I did. Yep, I did it last Tuesday. Okay. Did you really, and you just said I want a taco? Yeah. I just want a free Doritos Locos Taco. Oh. And if you don't want to talk to the people because I got a little nervous, you can use the kiosk and it does it too. A grand opening of the hangar is this weekend. Indy's most unique place to hang. It's 20% off all food today and you get a $25 gift card towards the Golf Sims when they open if you shop and uh, go and dine in today. Okay. All right. Now, Midwest Ube Fest. That is a new... New festival. I don't know what yes. Ube is. What yeah, is Ube? I'm about to yeah. educate you. Ube Blob. I, Ube Blob. <laughs> Ube but not, is a purple yam. Is a purple yam? Yes. Like a sweet potato. Yep, exactly. Yams are technically illegal in the United States, the natural plant. Really? Because it's an invasive species. So they use ube flavoring or frozen ubes. So they have an Ube Fest happening right now. It started yesterday. I, I got to get this to the Master Gardeners. Why didn't know Why I didn't also, potatoes could be an invasive species? It's also today. The Ube Fest is happening today from 11 to 5 p.m. at the 10 East Arts Hub over on the Near East Side. Okay. You can go try some Ube today, and that's what we're going to do. <laughs> I want a purple yam. Ooh, we're going to try some Ube. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh my gosh. it's ugly. Well, that's fun. So what we have... It's a collaboration between Salama Cookies and Long Beach Ube Fest. So these are some of Salama Cookies. Ooh, they smell fantastic. So I'm eating a bite of something that is just purple, deep purple. Um, this is called the Space Yam. I got the green one. What's the green one? And then the green one. It must mm. be Irish. The green one is Buco Pandeum. Mmm. So this is another Filipino. This is a yam. A yam cookie. Mm-hmm. This is a Egg- green cookie. Yeah, that's fantastic. Right? Now the green one. So I ate the purple one. Now I eat the green one. Oh, Kylan, thank you. 
And then they also have so much more, which you guys are going to try off air because I have some anyways. They have some mochi donuts. They have macarons. They have croissants. They have so much there that you can go and indulge in. Oh, Kylan, (laughs) this is so good. Who knew that Yam would make such a good cookie? I know. It's so good. Again, 10 East Arts Hub. Okay. Get there. Hey, thank you all so much for joining us today. We're going to run. Make room for the news. Make room for food. Mm-hmm, and more food. <laughs> Thanks, Denny, for coming in today. Oh, you betcha. Great stuff, Kylan. You're the best. Thanks for the food. Oh, of course. Yeah, Thank thanks you. Thanks to Coach Lovell and, and Tony Kennett. And too. to Tony Kennett. Absolutely. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your day. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you next week right here on the first day on 93 WIBC. I'm easy like Sunday morning.